you're going to want to blast me for this one. Okay. So no, why? No, wait, don't tell me that at the beginning. No, no, no. Hold on. Listen. So, okay. Let, let me decide after I hear what crazy thing you're going to say. Okay. So we, Eric and I just had this really nice, how long was that? Three minutes, four minute exchange on UFOs, funny stuff. Yeah, okay. I don't know. Yeah. So you need to, folks, you guys need to understand something that Eric and I were one man bands. And so there is a, there is a litany of, of things that must be done behind the scenes before we start. And one of the most important and crucial aspects of doing any kind of podcast or documentary is you must, it is imperative that you hit the record button. I knew what you were going to say. <laughs> <laughs> so they missed all of what I said about Everything UFOs. Okay. Missed. Now, if you want to know what, what I believe about UFOs, and I think we have a little biblical basis. Yes. Here. Uh, Entertaining Spirits Unaware, my book has a chapter on it. So there. And I will link to that. And you know what? Okay. No, no joke. Look, I say a lot of stuff and I have my tiny little trusty notepad in my pen yeah. because if I don't write these things down, I will edit the whole video and then people are going to watch it and go, he said he was going to put the link there and he didn't put the link there. So I must link to the book spirits unaware. Okay. So I'm writing spirits unaware. Okay. I'm just, this is shorthand for me. So I'll know what I mean. It looks like gibberish, but actually I'll know, I'll know exactly what I mean. So there we go. I wrote myself a note on, uh, our outline from last week or the last time we recorded. And I looked today and remember I texted you last night to ask you uh, what the last thing yeah. in the presentation was. Well, I had it written down if I had just looked because I do this, I try to track <laughs> things along too. And my shorthand is my normal writing. And that'll tell you, I should have been a doctor. That's, I was but, just thinking that you should have been a doctor. Yeah, you really should have. So yeah. look, uh, folks, we have Eric on again. And if anybody missed part one, if anybody missed part two, um, Eric, why don't you go ahead and, and do a recap for us? I'm going to put you full screen here and okay. you have the stage. Well, I'm going to go to my slides here and uh, we'll be able to kind of just get a view of the ministry. Take a Stand Ministries been around almost 40 years now. In October, we began our 40th year of, of ministry. And um, you can find it all at ericbarger.com, including that chapter on UFOs I just mentioned. That is actually in our website as a chapter and as an article about UFOs. But it's, uh, it's also from my book, Entertaining Spirits Unaware, as we mentioned already. And this little video kind of tells you who I am, what I do, and so on. If you haven't seen parts one and two, I've tried to intro the, everything the same way. So you're going to see these, these slides then. After we get through these slides, uh, there won't be any repeating because there is so much to talk about when we get into the, uh, the uh, home invasion topic. But uh, this kind of gives you an idea of what I do. I'm into apologetics and Bible prophecy, current events, spiritual warfare. Those are the main topics I've written about or speak about. And uh, just grateful for the 39 years that, uh, that I've been in this. And Melanie, my wife, has been right there the whole time and has been uh, researching and helping and praying. And we have a good team, my board of directors and others who help us and send us materials. So uh, make avail of the website, ericbarger.com. That'll be uh, a kind of a, a hub or a center for it, as well as uh, would 
would uh, Pablo's as well. So lots of information and documentation there. You can get our newsletter. It is free of charge. I don't know. Not sure if I said this last time, but our newsletter is free of charge and uh, we'd be glad to send it out to whoever subscribes. You can do that at ericbarger.com. We promise we're not going to divulge your name or sell your name to somebody else's mail list. I hate it when that happens to me and I wouldn't do it to anybody who subscribes to us, but we get into this. I've been working on this documentary for a couple of years now. Uh, it would have been finished long ago had my uh, had my wife not uh, encountered a couple of serious issues and had to have surgery last year. And I've been kind of manning the fort and taking care of our, our personal affairs and our house and doing things that are out of my wheelhouse, that's for sure. Uh, how she's still living with my cooking, I'm not sure, but she is. <laughs> and, and we're grateful that uh, she is continuing to progress and get better. Um, so home invasion, the rise of Surveillance Society is actually the subtitle of the book or the, um, the documentary, and that's the way a lot of people are going to remember it, the rise of, of Surveillance Society. And, you know, it's, um, it is a society that we live in today, and it's, uh, it's how technology uh, is being used in the end of the end days. And technology, of course, can be for good or for evil, and I, I think you said that last week. But, yep. uh, you know, that's the key is that uh, you need to look and see how the technology is being used and what you can do to protect your personal data. And uh, if it comes from you, I think you ought to have ownership of it. Uh, Google doesn't see it like that, neither does Facebook or Amazon. Can I, can I jump in here real quick sure, before we sure. keep going? And I totally yeah. forgot. Um, so Eric just introduced his, his ministry, but I want to show you guys um, his website. So, I didn't, I should have prepped this uh, ahead of time. And so you guys are going to see probably a black window right now um, as I go to the website page and Eric and I just froze, but um, I want to show everybody what my website is a black hole. That's yeah. So first of all, before, uh, and I should have done this in the beginning, uh, I'll do this real quick. If you guys like the content, if you like what you see, if you enjoy it, please prayerfully consider supporting the ministry of serpents and doves. You can do that by going to the website and on the top right-hand side, there is the donate button on any one of the pages, the very bottom, there's a donate button there as well. And the other way you could do it is by shopping some of the goods and uh, enough of that. I'll let you guys peruse the website, enjoy it, but we're here to highlight Eric's ministry. And this is his website for now. Eric is working on his new site, which is going to be pretty amazing as well. So keep an eye out for that. But you go to ericbarger.com. There's a ton of goodies here. No excuse for anybody that's listening not to know their material when it comes to apologetics and end times prophecy. Eric is spot on. So with that said, I'm going to turn it back over to you and you were on our mission. So take it away. Yeah, and, and that is it. Uh, our mission is to uh, study the prophetic scripture. Each of us should do that. A lot of people shy away from Bible prophecy. People think it's going to be either all doom and gloom, or it's going to be too hard to understand, or there's too many opinions about it. I think we should all have our opinions about particular things in Bible prophecy, as in other parts of scripture too, but uh, we should learn to get along together and to be able to dialogue together and study the prophetic scripture to learn what you believe and why you believe it. Uh, we need to evaluate the pros and cons of today's technology, as I already said, 
And we need to inspire a sense of evangelistic urgency in others, because uh, if this is the end of the end times, we have a wonderful evangelistic tool that, that God has provided to those who will live during this period. And uh, we, we dare not just pass it by and say, well, I'm really not an evangelist. Well, anybody who would say that, I would say, well, then I would check my walk with the Lord, because according to what it says in the Great Commission in Matthew uh, chapter 28, we are all called to go out and share the gospel, and uh, you don't have to have a Bible school education or be in full-time ministry, so-called full-time ministry, to do that. We're all called to minister, so that's a diatribe I could go on yep. and on about, yep. but uh, it is it is definitely true, and I have to adjust my screens here real quick, too, because I'm not not going to be able to see my notes. And the older I get, the more those notes seem to hide from me because they get to be too small. And uh, yeah, and okay. I, I'm going to, I'm going to say something. It is a talent an acquired talent to be able to talk and multitask for me. Um, I don't know about you, but uh, you know, they say men are, are have a one track mind. And when I'm doing something, it's hard for me to do something else. So kudos to you for doing that. Well, I appreciate that. I think I've learned to just go on the fly if I can and get it done. But if you've not watched parts one and two of um, of our podcasts, uh, this is part three. There'll be part four to follow, which will be our, our finishing part. But um, back on February 11th, uh, I think it was that you, uh, that is um, Pablo, uh, actually uploaded the first podcast. So yep. we're not just repeat, repeating material over and over. This, this documentary is going to be at least two, probably more like three DVDs when I'm all finished with it. And uh, it's all it, the podcasts are listed on your site. I'm going to have them on my site as well. And I encourage you to uh, share those with other folks that you believe this is important information. And I, I appreciate also, pa Pablo, just the opportunity to do this. And I, I appreciate that you and I, uh, as we flow back and forth, uh, probably bring out more than I would have thought about bringing out uh, in, in the documentary. And the parts of it that are still not shot are still to be shot. Mm -hmm. uh, I can tell you, they have been affected by the way we did this podcast series. Great. And, You'll, you'll hear some things that maybe only I will know, but I think it's better for it is the thing. That's fine. You know what? And just stay where you're at. Don't move. I'm going to show folks the YouTube and Rumble channel um, that they can go to. So uh, if they want to, this is YouTube. This is the Serpents and Doves uh, YouTube channel. And if you look here, I just posted part two right down here. I'm sorry. Yeah, part two. It's episode 33. So I would highly suggest you folks go watch that. And then this one right here is part one. And I had a big beard back then. I'm trying, I'm working on it again. But uh, anyways, that's the YouTube channel. And then on the Rumble side of it, um, if you just go, and I'm showing people what to do real quick. If you guys just go to Rumble and you type in at the bar up there, serpents and doves, you hit enter, you'll see right there that it's the first one is, the, the newest and latest, this just got uploaded uh, yesterday. And then if you just scroll down uh, right there, Home Invasion, that is the other one. And so, um, yeah, I just wanted to let people know that they can go ahead and do that, folks. Those are two ways you can get these videos and or go to the Serpents and Dove site. Right, exactly. Uh, if you want the documentary, you get links to watch everything yep. that's already completed and that will be completed. I'll send out emails uh, to the list. 
And uh, you received, received two booklets as well that uh, you can download, uh, one of which I'll talk about in the next episode, not in this one, but um, it's, um, uh, it, this is important stuff. It is for today, that's for sure. And, and one thing I want to emphasize is, listen, folks, if nothing else, remember the theme and the premise of Bible prophecy as you hear uh, Pablo and I speak during this, uh, this podcast, because um, it, this is all about prophecy, even though it may not seem like it at any point in time, if you take it all under the premise and the guise of Bible prophecy, then you'll begin to understand these are prophetic events going on. And somebody might say, well, I, I thought that, you know, if, if it was going to happen anyway, there's nothing I could do about it. But, yeah. you know, you're, what you're to do is stand against evil wherever and whenever you see it. And um, uh, the point of that is, uh, you know, it, it may not change the hand of God about things, but God will, he will move if we'll just believe that, that and trust him to do so. And yes. we're to stand against evil. That's the point. Um, we're not to be fatalistic and say, oh, well, it was going to happen anyway. I think there's too many people like that when mm -hmm. that feel like that when we're talking about uh, prophetic things. But it is fitting to talk about this and think about it under the guise of, of prophecy. Agreed. Now, the Bible doesn't describe every action or conflict or historical event that we might have questions about, but it does give us good information uh, that helps us to, to understand those things. And the Bible doesn't directly mention the technologies of our day. But we can correlate these, these things, and as best as the ancient writers could understand it, they spoke about some of the things we're, that we're talking about in a documentary like this, or whenever we deal with, with Bible prophecy. Uh, let me see. I think I, my computer may have frozen. I'm going to find out if it did by hitting the good. next slide. Yeah, I think it would be really good if it didn't. Well, they're seeing so, they're seeing my face right now. Back, so back to you, matter. Fred. Yes. yes, back to us over here at the uh, studios. But uh, you just let me know when when you're unfrozen. But you know what, folks? I have to tell you that um, as I sit here and as I listen and uh, take this information in. Now, we're Eric and I are both uh, avid users. We're we're not tech tech we're tech savvy. So it's not like we're ignorant, but it's, it's insane to me, the things that Eric talks about. And one of the things that after Eric's done that we're going to kind of just overlap with the last show that we talked about was a quote from a couple of the guys, Eric, just correct me if I'm wrong here. They were the ones that started, uh, was it Facebook or Google? The one that said that they really don't, they either limit their kids time or yeah. they discourage their kids. These are the, the the guys that started Facebook or Google. I think both, that, right? It's no, it's uh, Google's one-time head of user growth. There you go. Uh, that's Jamath uh, Palahapatia you're talking yes, about. Yes. But Sean Parker, who was the first president, I believe, uh, of, uh, of Facebook, he made the, the statement that who knows what it's doing to people's minds. And he made the statement also that, that they must have they, meaning the leadership, must have known that this would be bad for society, but it would, of course, be good for the pocketbook. Yes, absolutely. And that's, that's the bottom line there to it. And yep. I think I'm unfrozen here. And it's all good. I can now keep going. Yeah. Um, Go for anyway, it. Anyway, let's, let's continue looking at these things. Facebook is 
um, profiling users using AI-driven assumptions. Now, I haven't talked about this particular thing in interviews very often. Uh, it's kind of it kind of bogs down if I use this this particular um, next few slides in my live presentation on this, but. It, in social media, on Facebook in particular, profiling of users goes way beyond the interests that they've indicated or uh, what the individuals have been involved with with other Facebook groups. Uh, way beyond that, algorithmically determining users' interest is a key aspect of Facebook's advertising platform. So mm -hmm. it wants to be able to advertise to whoever it can, whenever it can. And that's certainly what they try to do. Yeah. So they want to know more than just what group you're involved with, what other Facebook group you're involved with, because then they, they believe that they can take the things you search for in Facebook and attach you to them. Yep. And uh, this to me is one of the most troubling aspects. While Facebook might afford users considerable control over the personal interests that they've entered on Facebook, users have no control over the determinations that are made by Facebook's artificial intelligence. Uh, it is, as one writer re re referred to it, the tyranny of the algorithms. And these AI-driven assumptions are available to advertisers so they can advertise. If you, if you search for things that do, have to do with astrology, you may not be into astrology. You may be doing it for the reasons I would mm -hmm. if I was searching it on Facebook, which is to expose the truth about astrology, which is that it's, it's part of the occult. But um, the, these assumptions they make uh, can be used to advertise. And by the way, they can also sell these lists and they can sell these lists to anyone, including, are you ready? Including the government. Yep. And whatever that might mean to you, that should be troubling to us. Facebook is actually inferring that their AI algorithms know more about you than you do yourself. And that should be a real troubling thing. Um, as we go further into this, users cannot opt out uh, they once they are stuck in a particular listing, if you will, and it's very hard to figure out what listing you're in, but we know Facebook keeps these very segmented because advertising can be done in, in a very segmented way then where you, you're advertising to people where there's a possibility of a sale and Facebook makes their money that way. Users can manually, manually remove individual interests from their settings page, but they cannot opt out of Facebook's AI profiling altogether, yeah. nor prevent interest being inferred on a category by category basis. Hiding advertising target, uh, targeted to a particular interest uh, also does not clear that interest from Facebook's AI profile, just like I just said, but I'm, I'm reading from a couple of news reports. In, in other words, uh, once you display an interest in something, even if it's in opposition to it, you're stuck with, with Facebook's AI profile, including you concerning that particular topic. Now, I, I don't know about you, that creeps me out oh, to yeah. think just because I searched for something, now I'm a member of some sort of a group of people that, that may be all for the thing, whereas I'm doing it. Uh, with the expose of it in mind from a biblical viewpoint. Yeah, let me let me jump in here real quick just to sure. um, so let me see people to, to see our mugs every now and then. But <laughs> uh, for those of you wondering how that what that looks like in in real time, if and then here, let me jump back on the web. So if I were to go back to the YouTube channel and this this happens across anybody's YouTube channel, 
when you go up here on the right hand side now i'm not signed into my account so up here on the left hand side i'm not signed in but if you have an account and you sign in whether actually you sign in or not and you go here to the home page this is what displays on youtube i'm going to close that window now these are generic this is just what is trending at the time when you access the youtube page now as you start looking for things right case in point like eric just said if we do a search serpents and doves right and we go okay serpents and doves great i want to watch some of the videos i'm going to go to the channel and then i'm going to watch one of the videos now i'm going to pause it so you don't hear double but i'm going to pause it right if you were to do that it's going to start populating videos according see here's tom hughes now tom Hughes. i didn't look for tom hughes but because tom hughes pastor tom good friend of the ministry as well and great friend of eric because he does bible prophecy and in my tags let me go back to us in my tags as we're putting the videos in i put in bible prophecy the rapture eschatology you name it that's how these algorithms start to populate by what you view and so whether like eric said whether you're doing research you know i could be doing research on ufos i could be doing research on um artificial intelligence augmented intelligence whatever it is sure. it's going to populate according to whatever it is you're viewing and so that's exactly the way that all of these platforms work and to be honest and, with you, and that's not necessarily wrong no it makes it convenient when you're looking for something but the problem is uh if they are grabbing your material and categorizing you they may be doing so incorrectly uh -huh. in such a way that it's actually a detriment to the reason you created the material in the first place yeah absolutely i mean uh and and i'll say this much uh this is a this is my uh my covert word but when you're doing research on charlie offers very interesting deals i'm sure some of you guys will get that um that's what's going to populate and so it's not necessarily that, oh, you know what, that's that's all I'm looking at. But if you're doing, again, if you're doing research and you want to look at things, now on YouTube, it's going to be extremely difficult because they censor things. But at the same time, that's just how they work, you know? So anyways, I'll let you get back to, to I just wanted to jump in and say that. No, that's good. Uh, I want to beat the drum once more that yep. if, if uh, viewers are watching right now and you just can't find your way clear to somehow look at any other video sites besides youtube you need to start because they're going to censor material on bible prophecy material on conservative values or especially biblical values uh they're going to curtail this uh, whether it's by shadow banning or by outright censorship yep. and uh, some of us that talk about some of these issues uh, aren't going to be welcome on that platform uh youtube is owned by google google, google has made it very uh, very obvious, uh, no, no secrets about it, that they do these things, even though they try to deny it from time to time, at least yep. about some issues or some, uh, some cases. But um, I, I would suggest that you get used to watching things on BitChute or on yeah. Rumble or on some other site. And you know but, what, um, before, before you go, exactly yeah. what Eric is saying right now, and again, I like to jump in there just because it really... Um, it really uh, solidifies everything that Eric is saying. Again, I'm going to yeah. jump back in here. And this is Rare Foundation. Anybody go to this website. Look what it says right here. Germany prosecutes Christian pastor for biblical stance on homosexuality. This stuff is coming. 
And if you guys think this is only relegated to Germany or to Europe, um, no, it's not. So uh, like Eric said, I would, I would really take heed and don't get just stuck on YouTube. Don't get stuck on Facebook. We're trying to do our part to get this information out to you guys. And some of it's just going to be uh, maybe 10 minutes in the beginning on YouTube. And I'm going to have to take you guys out. Eric's going to do the same thing um, to other platforms because they're going to censor it. They will. So anyways, I wanted to go ahead and jump You know, that. Pablo, until, uh, until people have that made real by it happening to them, maybe they won't understand. Yeah. It's just like, um, you know, we hear the talk about there's going to be food shortages. Well, if it hasn't happened to you or in your stores, uh, until it happens to you, uh, it may not be real to you, but you better be preparing ahead of time. Yeah, that's a, a point that I think we can't uh, overemphasize as well. So, you know, we don't we don't want to say these things, but that's the truth. Some some people are so hung up on Facebook they can't see straight. They've got to have it every single day of their life. Yeah, and uh, that would make us think that maybe you need some friends in the real world rather than yep. in some sort of a, 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 a metaverse. Yeah, and uh, we talked about that in the last in the last uh, podcast as well. Yep. Uh, you know, um, maybe we ought to really just say, perhaps this should say they are finding us on Facebook because people are finding us, but not in the ways that, that we might think. It'd be fine to find friends you had in school or somebody that you ha have an acquaintance with, you find them on Facebook, but um, there are other reasons. And it's Facebook's intrusive AI conclusions uh, that are being utilized by the enemies of freedom and liberty. And that ought to really concern us. I want you to look at this headline. Facebook lets advertisers target users based on sensitive interests. Well, what does that actually mean? Mm -hmm. The Guardian says this. I mean, they make it very, very clear that Facebook is, is targeting people based on other interests. I'm going to read this. I think it's important. Facebook allows advertisers to target users it thinks are interested in subjects such as homosexuality, Islam, or liberalism, despite religion, sexuality, or political beliefs explicitly being marked out as sensitive interests or information under the EU's new data protection laws, and that's European community laws. The social network gathers information about users based on their actions on Facebook and on the wider web. So it's just not Facebook and users uses that data to predict on their interests. Now think about that earlier this month, back in July of 2018, when this came out, it came out that among Facebook's myriad algorithmically induced advertising categories, was an entry for users whom the platform data mining system believed might be interested in treason against their government. Now, imagine if you were put in that group just because you searched for treason on Facebook and you, you were then put in this same group. Well, that could be dangerous, especially if you're a Russian. <laughs> 65,000 Russian citizens uh, applied or, or were, were applied that label that they were interested in treason. Imagine if their government bought that list and could, be, could begin to systematically hunt for them. Yeah. Similar, similarly, the platform's algorithms silently observed its 2 billion users' actions and words, estimating which users it believes may be homosexual and quietly placing a label on their account recording that estimate. Yeah. Now, that's... 
this is frightening stuff because you were online because you searched for something because you read articles, whatever it might be, you were then placed in a particular group. Now, some groups, fishing, baseball, um, you know, you name it, something yeah. like that. That's all different. But treason is a whole different story. And Russian citizens, I, I'd be quaking in my boots a little bit if that was if I was one of them that had actually searched for that. Uh, Forbes concluded, what happens when governments begin using these labels to surveil, harass, detain, and even execute their citizens based on the labels produced by an American company's black box algorithms? And man, is that ever true? Yeah. But we go on. Facebook uses Russian, uh, labels Russians, I'll say it again, Facebook labels Russian users as interested in treason. So we actually have articles about this where people have picked up on it. Uh, just imagine if you were in that group of people, and if you want to go uh, check these out, take a picture of this from your screen, or come back and just stop it here later on, and you'll be able to um, to go to that article in Forbes. This this is not uh, you know world uh, what uh, World News Now or whatever it is. No, that's not the name of it. Uh, the Weekly World News. Yeah. There, it's, it's not one of the rags that you see at the checkout stand. Facebook is assigning users trustworthiness scores. I personally think it ought to go the other way around. Besides an AI-driven assumption about users being calculated and sold as advertising targets, Facebook has implemented a social trustworthy network, uh, trustworthiness score ranking each user. In August of 2018, and there's been some changes since then, but not in, maybe not in the way we'd like to see. In August 2018, the Washington Post reported that Facebook is assigning trustworthiness scores. This wasn't uh, a conservative viewpoint. This was a this was a very liberal newspaper that was talking about this. Facebook's efforts are remarkably similar in scope and focus to China's social credit system. Yeah. Now I say it with that emphasis because that disturbs me. When I think about that, and we we have seen this in the in the large tech companies more sure. than once, while alluding to other users, Facebook discuss. I'll say this again. Sorry, I'm go for trying it. to read off the screen. It's a little too far away. While alluding to other users, Facebook discussed only the application of its scores to its effort to combat combat fake news. Give me a large mm -hmm. large break. They claim that these user ratings are to stem the spread of fake news, but this system is really about conformity. This is what their uh, definition of fake news is. And just stop and imagine who is actually making this determination about who is trustworthy and who is not when you consider that, uh, that these people are making those kind of determinations about us and about users all the time, and uh, they make no bones about it. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's another one. In, in the past, Facebook has used the Southern Poverty Law Center <laughs> as their arbiter of what is and what is not fake news. Oh, Just great. stop and try that yeah. one on. Yeah. Now we find out that on large scale controversies, Mark Zuckerberg personally himself, only him, directs what stays on Facebook and what is blocked. So he's the czar. He is, he is the czar when, you, when yeah. it comes down to yeah. it. He is the czar. Uh, Apple is also assigning these trust scores to users' devices based on uh, how they use the service of the, of the company. And privacy advocates believe that regardless of what is stated in the new Apple policies, it, it puts an intolerance out there that 
they're making it very, very clear that they believe conservatives are basically riffraff. That's what it comes down to. And that is a quote. If you think Tim Cook's stance is chilling, imagine how many millions of people are affected by Facebook now employing a user scoring system, but doing so with the twist. In, contact, in contrast to its public pledges of transparency, Forbes continues and, and says this, the company is keeping its user rankings shrouded in absolute secrecy, acknowledging their existence, but refusing to comment on how they determine uh, who is using is to be uh, categorized a particular way and who is not and declining to permit and I'll keep going here external evaluations of cons for concerns of racial sexual or other demographics and cultural bias. Wow, that is uh, that's plenty. I mean, yeah. if we just had that this series of quotes in this podcast, that would be enough for some of you. And I believe this probably makes the hair rise on your, the back of your head. If you care for your freedom, care for your liberty, yeah. care for free speech, there are all these issues are at play. Yeah. And you know what? Um, I want to jump in there and say that if you guys what Eric just read, imagine how during the seven-year tribulation, how easy it's going to be for uh, the Antichrist to control all communication and to not only censor somebody, but pretty much say, well, um, you're, you're an outcast now because of your views. Because, folks, you need to understand something. There are going to be tribulation-age saints, okay? Yes, the church is going to get raptured, and then the 144,000 are going to be the first fruits of, of the tribulation, meaning they're going to be the first believers that come to completed Messianic Jews, first Christians, uh, first um, tribulation age saints, okay? Yeah, that's the way to put it. But, but at the end of the day, there are going to be brothers and sisters in Christ, a lot of them during the tribulation. And guess what? This system, this kind of draconian system, is what's going to be used by the powers that be to not only censor people, but to persecute them and unfortunately yep. martyr them too. Yep. Um, so. and, and Pablo, listen, I, I, I'm going to clarify what you said because we both believe the same thing. Yeah. We are not saying that the saints who are saved today are here during the tribulation sure, period. Yes, yes. But there are people going to be saved during that period in time. Yes. And and let me tell you, Antichrist, and, and this is way ahead, this is toward the end of, of uh, the next segment that I'll talk about this, but Antichrist is going to end up with every bit of computer information that's being now compiled. Yep. You can bet that by name and by address and by who you are and by what you say, see, I'm already known out there. Yeah. People know who I am. And there's no way around it. People know that I'm um, that I'm a, a Christian minister. I'm going to change my camera. There we go. Okay. People know that I'm a Christian minister, and and so I've already been known. But some others, for example, if you have friends or loved ones, especially loved ones that don't go in the rapture, and they're here, could it be they come looking? Because Antichrist is not going to know everybody that went in the rapture. They won't be able to, to know that unless they have some supernatural information that, uh, that uh, Satan provides to them. But it's, it's like they come looking for us and they find our friends and our friends, especially our loved ones, would they find persecution then yeah. because of our previous stance? Guilty by association. That's it. Guilt by yeah. association is a big deal. Yeah. Um, 
let me go on here about Zuckerberg. Yeah, I think it. this is important stuff. Um, I believe that that he is confident those who would pass any legislation would hold his worldview. So he's been asking for the government to get involved in regulating social media. We find that odd at, at first glance, but then we realize, well, maybe he's doing this because he's, he knows how it's going to turn out. And I, I think that's the case. Uh, Tyler Grant wrote about this in the, in, uh, the National Interest. And uh, these are long quotes, and I, I'm going to kind of shortcut them. But he's talking here about how China has implemented this, this system of social credit scoring and how Facebook is modeling that and uh, has taken some of the same characteristics. Uh, this is a great article worth reading. Washington Post talks about these things, reports how Facebook had begun assigning individuals a reputation score. And like I said a minute ago, it ought to be that we are, are assigning them a reputation score. Yeah. Uh, one, their reputation is this. They are going to do whatever they can to make money from you. And they're also compiling lists that could be uh, very detrimental personally for you. And it's no wonder that graphics like this are seen across <laughs> the Internet. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's no wonder because uh, uh, of of uh, what Zuckerberg has said and done. By the way, in 2017, he gave the commencement at Harvard and Money Magazine said it was a campaign speech is the way they, the way they put it. Yeah. They, that they would not be surprised if he doesn't try to run for, for um, either governor or probably for president. Uh, what is Facebook doing? I mean, think about it. Uh, can we believe their public explanations? The There's, things they've already said and done have proven that that they will lie at the at the drop of a hat. There'll be obfuscations of, of guilt. They won't they won't agree. They they will say they're not doing something when they are. And it goes yeah. on and on and on and on. Yep. You know what? I'm gonna jump in here just because I don't know how many folks are aware of this. And this is one of the reasons why uh you you won't get this part on YouTube. I mean, I'm saying this because I know I'm gonna put this on Rumble, but for those of you that have been tracking the, you know, I like John Haller calls it the Charlie Vector 019er. <laughs> and uh, the, um, so for those of you that have been following, let me, let me jump back over here. Uh, the, the experimental body piercing. Okay. I think everybody knows what I'm talking about. As if that wasn't bad enough. Eric just mentioned tracking. Everything's tracking, tracking, tracking. Okay. Check this out, folks. What the FDA, now this is what I'm going to show you is right on the US Food and Drug Administration website. So this is something that just got approved. It's a pill with a sensor that digitally tracks if patients have ingested their medication. That's insane. So I don't know how many of you guys would be comfortable with something like that. I wouldn't because look, are you going to tell me that at the end of the day, and I'm not trying to be graphic here, that once you ingest it, it doesn't come out south end? I guarantee you that that sensor stays lodged somewhere in the system and it's not going to just track. Oh, I'm so glad, you know, um, uh, Joe Schmo took his medication. Bravo. Come on. You know, we're, th this whole thing is leading to what we just mentioned, what Eric just mentioned. Well, that could be huge leaks too. And, and the HIPAA laws don't mean anything. No. That, we've seen that yeah. being very obvious. Not at all. So I wanted to jump in there and just say that, um, and, and what's crazy, you mentioned, I know early on, you talked about that quote that these, uh, people, these engineers, those that have helped start it, especially, I'm not even going to try to say that guy's name. How do you say Chalapa Tapa? 
Yeah, I know. <laughs> Palahapatio. Yeah, that guy right there who doesn't either limit. And he's not. He's not a conservative. Yeah, he he just won't let his kids use Facebook, and he was the he was in charge of user growth at Facebook. Yeah, but he won't let them on Facebook, and he doesn't use any social media. Yeah, you ought to think why is this guy doing this? Besides, yeah. why is it that in Silicon Valley? The, the heads of the tech firms, when they hire a nanny, they sign an agreement. They won't let their kids use social yeah. media, be on computers or be on phones or even watch too much TV each day. Yeah. Yeah. Why is that? There's yeah. a reason for that. Go back and watch part um, part, two, part two, folks, because mm -hmm. uh, Eric played a, a fairly, what is it, a maybe a four-minute clip from Tucker Carlson. Yeah. And uh, the guy with, with a former programmer Google. From, from Google. Yep. And so what they said, you'll you'll have to see these things are purposely engineered this way. Yeah. And when they when they have these meetings and they brainstorm how they're going to engineer these things, you guys have to check it out. The other thing is uh, the question he poses, Tucker, I think I don't know if it was Tucker or not, but one of them, it's intentional. It's intentional what they're trying to do here. And yeah. is it harmful? Like Eric said on the last one, is it harmful to just kids or teens? I, you know, I'd venture to say, like Eric said, it's not just teens and kids are targeting adults here too. So Every minute they keep their, your yeah. eyes on the screen is a minute that you can be sold advertising. They want to start with kids. That's why Facebook developed uh, Facebook kids as a messenger's uh, service. Yeah. Uh, they wanted little kids. Now they've got teenagers, they've got young adults, they're working on everybody. Yeah. And the point is, I mean, programming 101 for social media is create content that cannot be turned off. People yeah. have to have it. Yeah. They think they have to see it. Yep. And uh, the many different ways that they accomplish that. Go, go watch. Um, I put the link to Dr. Cal Newport's TED talk he did. It's right. only about 13 minutes. I highly suggest everybody watches it because one of the ways that he portrays it, and he says, again, this is a guy, MIT, computer engineering. He knows how these things are designed. He says they they used a lot of those that uh, designed slot machines in the development of the social media platforms because yep. they want you to keep coming back. And you guys also have to remember that when you see uh, Facebook posts uh, from, I'd have to say, 80 to 90% of people on Instagram and whatever other platforms are out there. These images are like these perfectly portrayed, curated pictures of somebody's life. And so it almost creates, unfortunately, in the life of the Christian and the life of the believer, Satan uses that as a tool to create... Um, What's the word? Well, I'm you you for? feel like there's a, a void in your life. Yes, exactly. You're not in it. You're yeah. you're not happy. Uh, you start you start you know yep. uh, complaining I mean, about things. Listen, they know exactly how to advertise to a, to a public to make them crave something. Yep. By the way, Instagram is owned by Facebook, and yep. Instagram at uh, the last time I saw figures like this, it was the most used app on the internet. Yeah. So uh, just to give you an idea how big yep. it might be, if you're not familiar with it, uh, and so is WhatsApp living somewhere else. Yeah, know. WhatsApp is is owned by Facebook as well. And imagine, yep. folks, the personal conversations that happen worldwide on WhatsApp and in images that are exchanged either from family members, maybe some really really personal information is exchanged there. Yeah. Do you guys think that that stuff just 
goes poof into cyberland? No. Well, and is it is it uh, or could it be that algorithmically particular words are picked out yep. that are good for advertisers that they can then sell advertising to the people involved in the conversation on sure. WhatsApp and you know it goes on and on and yep. on and you know our our privacy uh honestly it, it's a really a thing of the past yeah. especially if we are are active and not careful some things we can't help these days yeah but we can help some of the posts we make and where we look and what we do yeah let's uh, let's be cautious i mean privacy in my generation and in my father's and my grandfather's generation privacy was a very important aspect yeah uh young people don't seem to have that same thinking they've been trained to believe it's no big deal well yeah. it might be a bigger deal than anybody ever thought sure no uh, it, it is might, it, it could be harmful. It could be, um, it could be fatal to some people. It could be harmful to many others. And certainly it's just not right. I mean, there's something just unrighteous about, yeah. about the stealing of personal user information to be able to sell products to, yeah. um, let's advertising is fine. I'm not against it. I'm a free market guy, but, but the point is the way that these things are being the, the way the information is being obtained is, is what concerns me yeah. and, and how it's being used in the future that, yeah. that could, uh, could be a problem. I'll let you uh, keep so, going. Sure. No problem. Uh, so what about you? What about your privacy concerns? What about that? What about uh, the way that, that your life is being viewed or looked into? Uh, let me give some practical advice. Now uh, I'm not advocating everything she's ever said or done, but, Kim Commando, of all people, who has a weekend radio show about tech, uh, she did some really good research about this, and I got a, I got a toot a horn when I see it worth tooting. She says Facebook is collecting your call and text data, and she shows how you can turn it off. Well, that's exactly what got Facebook in trouble when it came to uh, the um, um, the scandal, and I'm trying to remember the name of it that um, I've got, got in the documentary, but my mind is flooded right now. Maybe it'll be in a slide here in a second. Okay. Uh, she says you should deactivate Facebook. I mean, that's, that's the kind of advice that, and of course, that makes some people tremble when they think about not having Facebook because they become, and if they're honest, they would say it, addicted to it. So what it comes down to. Uh, Facebook can track your deleted account. Even if you delete it, it's only the, the posts from today yeah. that, and if you've still got the app on your phone or your tablet or in your computer, they can still continue to do it. Yeah. It, it was the, the Cambridge, Cambridge Analytica. Analytica. Yeah. It's, it's that scandal that was the, the beginning of the undoing of, of all this for Facebook, because this happened in 2016, which seems like eons ago now, but 87 million Facebook users had their private information extracted. And then it was exposed that a third party had those, yeah. had all that data. And it was, uh, this is your digital life. It was an app that was created by a professor. And then he sold uh, the uh, findings from that app to a, to a company that did marketing for the election in 2016. Uh, I downloaded my own massive data that Facebook has kept on me. I, I forget the size now, but it was the it was in gigabytes and it was huge. That's crazy. Uh, I should have it on this slide and don't, but I I looked at mine. It detailed my address, my contact information, who my family is, excluding my 
including my extended family, who my friends are, where I shop, the places I frequent, my likes, my dislikes, my favorite restaurants, airlines, hotels, my lobby or my hobbies, not my lobbies, my hobby, <laughs> my hobbies, hobby lobby, my favorite, yeah, my favorite sports teams, my political and religious affiliations. It noted everything about me in that Facebook um, uh, data. And, and that, I mean, that it kind of freaked me out. I'll admit yeah. it, it definitely freaked me out. So you got to ask yourself, we've learned a little about Facebook just now. What about Google? Yeah. What does Google really know about us? What do they know about us? You're probably wondering that because you do your searching through Google, at least most people do. I use DuckDuckGo, by the way, and I would advocate you use that instead of uh, Google search. Uh, here's Here's an article that appeared in several different places. This one is from uh, Zero Hedge. It's, the headline says, want to freak yourself out? Here is all the personal data that Facebook and Google collect. This, folks, this next few slides is worth the price of admission. I'm going to tell you that. So if you're going to take pictures of the screen, do it now, or at least uh, uh, mark this so you can go back and look at it. Yeah. According to a study done by Dylan Curran, who's a techie from Northern Ireland, Google stores an immense amount of information about every one of its users. So if you have a Gmail account, or if you have a Google account in any form, this is what it's going. And I'm going to get to each one of these personally. You don't have to squint at the screen. Uh, when I say personally, I mean individually. Yep. Uh, here is the scope of data that Dylan Curran tweeted about. I began to get those tweets and I went back and looked at some I'd missed. And Google is collecting this on every one of its users. First and foremost is location. Your location is logged every time you turn your phone on and does so from the first day on beginning from the beginning of using the Android system software. Google owns the Android system software that the vast majority of cell phones in the world run on. Your location history only appears in your personal files that are accessible by Google users if the location setting was turned on your phone. However, listen carefully. We know that Google has your location identified and tracked regardless of the actual location setting being turned on on one's phones. And we're going to show you how uh, at the end of our, our time today, if, if we don't have to cut it short. But somehow in these podcasts, it'll come out. Everywhere you've been, including where you've traveled, how you've traveled, uh, what day it was, what time of day it was, how long it took to get from your last location, all of that is in your Google file. You can search the, your, I'm sorry, your search and phone history is, is also logged in there. The only way to delete this information is by deleting, and now listen carefully, the only way you can delete any of your Google information is by deleting it individually from each device you've got. So if you've got your Google account on four or five different computers, a tablet and your phone, you have to go to each one and then delete it from that particular device, uh, delete that, advice, that device from being able to get that information from Google. That's the point. Yeah. And, and so it's, uh, they, they don't make it easy. They make it anything but easy. Don't think uh, that, the, don't think that iPhone users, for those of you that have uh, iOS devices, I have iOS devices. Don't think that you guys are safe either. Okay? Oh no. Now you begin to read the, the, um, um, the user agreements Agreement. and so on. You begin to get that. Oh yeah. And if you're shocked about it, I understand. Uh, remember you can't even proceed to setting up an Android phone account without having a 
a Google account as well. Yeah. I mean, they're one in the same. So you can't even get the phone. If you've got an Android phone, you have, you're open to this. In other words, yeah, uh, you have an advertising profile in your Google file. Uh, this is constructed from the in information that you have given them. And remember, you gave it to them. You gave them uh, privy to it. You gave them the rights to it. It's no longer just your information. It's about you, but they own it as well. And it includes your location, your gender, your age, hobbies, interests, relationships, and your income. A profile uh, for all the apps you use is being kept and all the extensions that you use, all that is being kept, even what time you go to bed at night, your YouTube history. And from that, uh, they're able to tell if you're a conservative, a liberal, a progressive, a Muslim, a Christian, an atheist, and even whether you're anorexic, depressed, or suicidal. They have figured out how to search through with, uh, with their algorithms, which is the way they search a, a, uh, a large database or data file to figure out what you're into. Uh, if you want to see yours, Dylan Curran, this, this techie that put this together from Northern Ireland who found this, this material, his Google file was 5.5 gigabytes. Wow, that's huge. It, it is. It, it has every single thing you've ever done with your phone. Now, will you, will you change the way that you, you use your phone? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, most people will not go out and, and just give their phones up. Right. But it's better that we know this is taking place. Yeah. You see, we weren't told about these things unless you took the time at the store to read through the user agreement sure. in the fine print instead of being so antsy to get the phone in your hand to go out and call somebody and tell them, gee, I got a new Android phone. You know, and this is what happens when we set up a, a Google account. Yeah, there's more. There's more. Oh, you know what? I have a solution. I don't know if it's a good one. I say everybody ditch their phone and go back to pagers. <laughs> <laughs> well, they'll figure out how to follow the pagers I around know, too. Right? You know, so the location device is it's <laughs> it, it, it's one thing. So your bookmarks. That is the things that you've looked on looked at in a browser that you want to keep track of. Your emails your contacts, everybody that you're in touch with, your Google Drive files, if you put anything up in Google Drive, which is in the cloud, a storage spot in the cloud that every Gmail account comes with, your YouTube videos, because they own YouTube, YouTube. so they can track all that, your photos, your videos on your phone, uh, anybody you've done business with, any products you bought using Google, all that stuff is being kept in your Google file. And there's more, your calendar, that could be really dangerous to somebody. Mm -hmm. Your Google Hangout sessions, and those are going away. So that's that maybe is not such a big deal, but they were doing that. Your location history, the music you listen to, the books you purchased online, what Google groups you're in, the websites you create, the pages that you you state uh, shared with other people, assuming your phone is on your person, even how many steps you walk each day. That's and I'm going to keep going because there's more here. This yeah. isn't the only thing. Look at just those few things on the screen should make us all shudder. And remember, you can't even proceed to setting up a Google phone or an Android phone is, a, is not a Google phone, an Android phone, which could be a lot of different manufacturers without, e without having a Google account and giving Google priv privilege to your data and information. You can't get an account without it. And, and so that's the, the point. And if you're shocked about these things, 
um, uh, I can certainly understand it, but this is the way life is. If you're going to have an Android phone and if you're going to have an Apple phone, you go through some of the same things. Yep. yep. You so sure do. Let me, uh, I'm going to move on here. Yeah, go for okay. it. Okay. So we've given Google and Apple the right to our data. I, I can't, I, I can't bring that up enough because we did it. We signed on the bottom line. Yeah. When we got our phones, whether we ordered it online or whether we got it in a brick and mortar store, we gave them the rights to be able to have all of that information. And of course, it's claimed that it's all about advertising. If that wasn't bad enough, yeah, that right. is that is the motivation that the companies want you to believe. It could be more than that. I oh, don't I'm know. Sure. It I'm could sure. be more than that. And I believe it, it, it's going to be used for more than that. Well, it so is. like me, it you is. know, Pablo, there are people watching that. They say, well, I have nothing to hide. Yeah, they can. So what? They know where I am and they know what I'm into. And so on. you have nothing to hide. But what if somewhere in the future, like I said earlier, that this information being harvested, harvested from us yeah. could hurt us or hurt, hurt someone else, even post rapture. Yeah. What? And, and, and that that I don't think that's too much to consider. Uh, it may not be a motivator for you to say no to Google or no to Apple or no to Facebook, but you need to understand what is happening so you can then make a better decision. And they explicitly claim, Google does, they don't sell your private information. Yeah. But presently they sell, are you ready? They sell the right to advertisers to contact you through the unique electronic markings in your phone, your tablet, or your, your personal computer. So they don't sell advertising. That's called a they digital sell, fingerprint. Yeah. They sell the right to somebody for somebody to contact you because you're, you have a Facebook group on Needlepoint, yeah. for example. Yeah. And, and that's the point. Uh, they know all about our activity. That, that is certainly the bottom line to this. And I, uh, let, me, let me just jump in here real quick. You can leave sure. that up if you want. Sure. But for those of you that watched last week's... Um, last week's podcast that Eric and I did. Um, let me, let me go to the site and I'm, let me make sure I get there first. Um, I remember putting this in there for those of you that think that this stuff doesn't get uh, used for nefarious reasons. Well, uh, think again, because uh, I remember mentioning how the CDC bought data, $420,000 worth of data. What did they yep. do with it? It wasn't yep. just to see what you're buying, what your interests are when it comes to clothing or shoes or cologne. It was to track tens of millions of people via cell phones and to see who went to school and churches. Okay. That's the key one there. Churches in the pandemic. So for those of you guys that think like Eric just said, eh, I'm okay. I'm not doing anything wrong. It's all good. You guys got to think again, especially if you guys are Christians and you guys know who you are, true Bible-believing Christians, okay? This should really uh, make, you, make you really consider what all of this information is getting used for, especially when someone like the CDC is paying tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars to see if you went to church when they told you don't go. So really, it really should sink in where this is all going. Um, today is, so the day we record this is May 25th. They're still in that, um, what is it? The Is it G7 summit? 
uh no that where the who it's that who summit where supposedly like 191 or 192 countries are gonna pretty much give their sovereignty over to the who when it comes to healthcare yes healthcare that that really uh that really is is a scary 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 thought I'll be really well, frank. Janet, Janet Yellen told the uh, climate change conference in Glasgow back in November that uh, there should be a $150 trillion fund developed yeah. to, re- to revamp the finances of the world. Uh, we don't have time to get into no, that. We don't, a no, we don't. Different story, but that's yeah. the kind of stuff that's going on out there. Um, I'm not going to talk too long about this, but I think it's apropos that we uh, that we discuss this a little bit. Identify, track, and find. And what do I mean by that? Well, it's about facial recognition, and there is great controversy about it. Uh, in some cases, it doesn't work nearly as well as they are is claimed to work, and in some cases, it works very well. Yeah. So just note that there's a whole lot more in the documentary. In fact, I'm thinking that. I'm probably going to take the section on facial recognition for the documentary and it'll become its own private or own separate DVD, not private, but separate, at least separate file. Facial recognition has become arguably the most prominent and debated facet of the uh, uh, surveillance technology of our day. And this is a zone where we've got uh, privacy experts and security experts, they often collide to say that security is more important than privacy. Uh, there's very little neutral ground on this, but I think it's fascinating when you understand it. And huge sums of money and manpower uh, have been spent to invent and tweak and perfect the software and data systems needed to record, to catalog, and to map the faces of individuals accurately for identification purposes. Rather than gloss over the topic and short circuit the information, like I said, we're only going to record just a a segment of this, and then it will be in the documentary. If we have time at some point, uh, we'll actually do a a podcast on this. We've talked about that just a little bit. So, um, you know, folks, uh, if you look in the real world, this is exactly what is happening when our cell phone is laying in the front seat and sitting on the table at home or in our pocket, somebody is able then to track us. Yeah. And uh, we're going to talk in in just a second, because I think this is important to bring up. We'll talk about this in a second after we play this clip, but back in February of 2018, and again, that sounds a little dated, but they have replayed this segment from Tucker Carlson live or tonight, I think it's called, three or four times that I know of, I've seen it again and again, it's with a Fox News producer named Brett Larson. And I think it's really worth watching. So we're gonna play this clip, just bear with us, but watch this because it's really an eye opener. We know that Google is tracking us. We agree to it when we set up our phones. So we wanted to figure out what exactly Google is learning about us throughout the day. So here's what we're gonna do. We have two identical phones. The only difference between these two phones is this one is in airplane mode. Both of the phones lack a SIM card, and they haven't been set up to access any Wi-Fi networks. So for all intents and purposes, these phones have no connection to a data network. We're going to keep them with us throughout the day. And while I travel around D.C., we're going to figure out just what Google is finding out about me. Our first stop, Sims Convenience Store, just outside our Fox Bureau, for a quick coffee. From there, we took a walk to the Capitol and took a quick walk around the Senate office buildings and then decided to hop in a car and head around town. Hello. Hello. We're going to the children's hospital, please. 
to run our tests, we had to do more than walk the block. So we took a tour around our nation's capital. First, due north to the Children's National Medical Center Hospital, then west to St. Albans School and the National Cathedral. Our tour around town was a 14-mile journey that lasted more than an hour. The entire time, the phones had no access to the internet. Oh my goodness. Not a Wi-Fi connection and not any cellular data service. It almost seemed quaint to assume that Google wouldn't even be able to collect data on me. Let's head back to the bureau, my friend. Oh, that church is beautiful. Google's business model is simple. Collect data on its users and then use that data to sell targeted ads. It's a business model called surveillance capitalism. But does that critical data collection work even when your phones aren't connected? So we're back here at our Fox Bureau in DC and we've got both of our phones exactly how we left with them. The only difference really, I snapped a couple of bad selfies at the National Cathedral. <laughs> but otherwise they have stayed in my pocket for the entire day. So let's find out what they know. This is our man in the middle device. It's basically a Wi-Fi network that these phones are gonna connect to once we turn their Wi-Fi on. It's going to pass data through it on the way to Google but on the way, we're actually gonna get a copy of the same data that Google's gonna get. We'll be able to decrypt it and then find out where we've been throughout the day. Within minutes, the numbers rolled in. The phone that wasn't on airplane mode registered more than 100 locations, 130 activities, and even 152 barometric readings. As soon as it hooked up to our Wi-Fi, it transmitted 300 kilobytes of data straight to Google. The phone even logged our exact locations, tracking us all around town, the Capitol, the hospital, the school, and the cathedral. Now you may notice what's missing here is the exact route that we took, but it got that data too. It knows when I got out of the car. The metadata has a time log down to the very second, tracking everything when they think that you're walking, riding, and yes, even getting out of the car. Okay, so you're thinking, this isn't a big deal. I'll just put my phone in airplane mode. Yeah, we thought of that too. This is the other phone that we had with us that no SIM card also remained in airplane mode the entire time. Let's see what kind of data it captured. The phone with airplane mode activated actually logged more locations and activities than the other phone. And it also transferred hundreds of kilobytes of data to Google as soon as it was activated. The only thing that's missing from this map is our stop at the children's hospital, but it still knows we were there. There it is, exiting vehicle, 100% accuracy, through complicated user agreements and free software, Google gets users to sign away their privacy for nothing. They're even following you in the places that most people would expect total privacy. Government buildings, a children's hospital, a private school, a church. Every move you make, every step you take, Google is watching you. Now, in a statement to Fox News, Google told us that users who want to opt out of tracking should turn off location history, but doing that is harder than you'd think, and most of Google's apps include hitting queries that automatically sign you up for the surveillance. For now, we will continue looking into how Silicon Valley sells your privacy, but until then, just remember, when you're using a free online service, you're probably not the customer, you're actually the product. Yeah. Is that ever true? Wow. That is, that is so true. Man. Uh, these are wonderful items that give us convenience, wonderful tools, but uh, the way they're being used by the companies who, who own them, basically, because they own the, the operating system yeah. and they own the apps, 
and we're going to get to that right now. But you, you begin to think about how these things are being used and you begin to really understand it. You know, that means the phone location settings have little consequence. Seems to be a bit of a ruse when they say that. Uh, if, if they're on a non-activated phone that contains no SIM card, which is the identifier of who owns the phone, or in airplane mode, you immediately think that there's no problem. You think, that uh, there, there couldn't be any way they would track, but they're able to track as soon as they connect to a Wi-Fi network. I think that probably is a stunning report to somebody watching right now. Oh yeah, it's huge. I mean, really to think of the implications, what blew my mind too is not only do they know where you've been, the fact that the phone, and it has, I'm sure an accelero accelerometer in it, can yeah. tell when you're riding in a car, when you're walking, when you're getting out of a car, it's uh, so seriously, folks, if you think about it, why would they want to know that you're actually, oh, he's walking, he's getting out of a car. What are they going to say? Oh, you know what? He's walking. So he's probably going to want a pair of Adidas shoes or Nike. And it, it goes beyond that. It goes or, beyond that. Or if it's a, a totalitarian government, they want to know if you're walking or riding so they can find you. That's I right. Mean, That's you know, right. There's, there's that aspect. And again, you know, I have nothing to hide. You have nothing to hide. Um, the people watching, many of them, hopefully all of them, have nothing to hide. Yeah. That's not the point. Yeah. The point is our privacy. Yeah. Where is privacy in this? Yeah. And, and here I am. I just turned 71. So you begin to wonder, is it just my generation that thinks privacy is important or, or is it totally lost now? Yeah. And you know what? Uh, you said it. Uh, privacy is a thing of the past. And yeah. I mean it. Well, and, and I think the only kind of privacy that we have right now, and I'm sorry, folks, to say this, but, and, and I think you know where I'm going with this. And even then, guys, if you take your phone with you, they even know when you're in doing your thing in yeah, the bathroom. You're, yep. You're All right. In the, so, in the toilet. Yeah. so even that privacy is literally out the window and hopefully so you have the window we open. In, we can't even make the, the, the statement that, that privacy is in the toilet. It is. <laughs> is this not? It totally. And you know what? It worked out perfect. Just such a great word picture. But anyways, look, um, I don't know if, if you want to keep going because I don't want to rush. I'm almost what you done. have here. No, we're no, no. Almost, I, we're almost done. No, no, no. The, if, if you're comfortable with, with, with going, I'm okay with it. Just don't rush it because there's some really, really good stuff in here. So that's, I just wanted to encourage you. No, that's, that's good. I, I think for the sake of being able to get all the, um, uh, the segments done that we should, we should do these next two points. There's only two points. Go for and it. They're not very long. So here we go. All right. As you've seen the, the location settings uh, that if you have a Google phone or an Android phone as it is, not Google phone, I'm making that mistake twice now, an Android software that runs your phone, uh, whether it appears in your personal Google file or not, Thousands and thousands of user downloaded apps have the, the same function as following you. Uh, have you ever wondered why when you download an app, it says that it wants, um, it wants the right to be able to access your contact file, your locations, the big one. Um, it wants the, the right to be able to look at your texts or your emails. Yep. There's a reason for that because uh, those apps are programmed to look for information that could help them sell a particular product to you. So once again, 
the reason may be just to sell the private information uh, to, a, uh, to an advertising company, but it could be more than that in the end. And that's what we're looking for is how this works in the end. And depending what what apps you've downloaded and and who would not have apps downloaded in, in the day that we live in today. Right. Uh, apps. The apps are very convenient. They help you do things. Uh, give you a couple of examples. You want to get um, you want to get your location by using a map app. You you got to You got to give them the location where you are. It doesn't work. Yep. You know, it cannot help you make the turns in a, on streets you don't know or in a downtown area that you're not familiar with. So there's all kinds of reasons why you have to be vigilant about what you're, how you're using the apps and how you use your phone, uh, opposed to just, oh, letting it go, do whatever it wants to do. And this is true with virtually any of these, these apps. Now, maybe you've heard of the advertising company that's, that's called Ground Truth. That's an advertising company. They own a particular app that many of us have on our phones. And that app is Weatherbug. I happen to have Weatherbug on my phone. I know what it does. I'm careful with the way I use it. I realize it's gaining information from me to sell back to or to send back to its masters. And according to the Wall Street Journal, Ground Truth tracks 70 million people in the United States every month. And we gave them the right to do that when we downloaded the app. Yep. When you download the app, you get a user agreement similar to what happens when you begin your account with either um, uh, Android or, or Apple. Yeah. And so and just in case, let me say this for those sure. of you that have iOS devices or even an Android device, if you guys think that I don't use Weatherbug, because I don't, I don't have Weatherbug, but if you downloaded the Weather Channel app, guess what? It's powered by IBM Watson. And if you don't know what IBM Watson is, it's this crazy artificial intelligence. Just do a search on IBM's Watson. You'll be blown away. Yeah. That's all I wanted I, to say. I, I agree completely. And that we should, we should at least know. That's the point. The user should be aware. It's kind of user beware, but the yeah. user should be aware of, of uh, how that information is being used. Uh, the cell phones ha have great apps and they're constructed as data traps to skim information about you and then sell it. And sometimes they, they're selling it right back to you, as we pointed out, I think, in part one about the uh, people staying on the street corner in, in Columbus. I made a statement about that. You can go back and look. Now, what about these? What about these units? I mean, they're tremendously convenient, but we've got them sitting around uh, there right in front of our family. Some of us have two or three or four or more of these in our homes. Each one of us um, have these things. I, I personally have decided not to have one, yep. but it's, a, it's a, a, a device that is really there to pick up information so they can then uh, market back to you. And, you know, it's a tremendously convenient. These static speakers is really what they are but they have microphones in them. You don't think that when you say Alexa, the thing comes to life just because it hears the word Alexa. No, it's always come. It's always alive. Yeah. It is picking up information and it's sending it on to the, its masters who is actually in that case, Amazon. Um, that, think about this, the music, the traffic, the weather, the emails, the schedules, all the stuff that's on there. Think of the convenience, but um, these things aren't really smart speakers. And it doesn't make us any smarter when we use them. Yeah. 
life can go quicker for us. A lot of things like finding out where there's a snarl in traffic, that kind of stuff, finding out whether I should bring an umbrella or whether I should pack the kids extra clothing as they go to school. But it, it goes way deeper than that. So this is really what's going on here. You have these kind of things. People purchase these units for the sake of convenience, and we purchase and place them in our homes, and then they begin doing their work, which is to listen to the things being discussed. Do you really want a static speaker being able to record what you say? And that's, of course, controversial uh, because in the beginning, uh, I'm thinking Google and I believe Android or um, um, Amazon did the same thing with their two speakers, the most popular ones. Yeah. They, they basically said, we really don't record these things. And then of yeah, course, right. recordings came out that yep. they were recording from these devices. So they record these things, then they're running them through the algorithms to see what's there that they might be able to advertise to, but your private information and some of the most private things you can imagine I'll just let you decide what you think that is. Come through if you're if they're at the dining room table. Yeah. God forbid if they're in your bedroom. Nobody's got one in their bathroom, probably. I yeah. bet. I bet somebody does. I'm sure someone does. Somebody does. Sure. Alexa, I need more toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> these things are listening all the time. Is the point? You know, that's what is really happening. They carry out a completely different function than what we've been told, a function that without the manufacturers would probably not have gone to the trouble to create these units and market them, but they're a great marketing tool to learn information about people, to learn how these things are being, are being used. Yep. You have to understand it's to catch your private information. Yeah. Now, We'll, uh, we're going to finish up in part four, and I think you've got the outline there, Pablo. Yeah, but no, I do. And you know what, though? Um, we'll see. Because <laughs> there, there's just stuff here that I would like to cover as well. And it may be part four. I don't know. Maybe part Could be five. part five. Yeah. yeah. But, but at the end of the day, um, I always like to bring it back, and I know Eric does too. The reason why we're bringing all of this stuff up is not just – so that everybody is aware, right? And beware. But from a biblical perspective, what does this mean in relation to the times we're living in, in relation to um, end times, you know, Bible prophecy? All of the stuff we're talking about has a relation to what Eric is. Eric's not just putting out this documentary just because he just wants to do research on uh, you know, it's, privacy. It's not just to blast Facebook or Google. Right. Yeah. So Eric, what is, how do we, what, why are they using the powers that be? How is that going to morph into, and I'm going to leave it there. What is that going to morph into? Google keeps in duplicate that we know of two copies of everything about everybody that's ever been on Google. If they're keeping two copies, could it be that one of those or both of them and more end up in the hands of the uh, technology supervisor for the, who will become the Antichrist. That's my point. Is that that information isn't going to stop just because we decide today to stop it. It's better if we do, but it's 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 going to continue. That information is going to be used by somebody, and if that's the case, uh, then this is way bigger than just our personal privacy when we don't want somebody to know um, oh, 
a search we did or a yeah. product we bought. It's way bigger than that. Can, can, I, than that. can I show something? Because um, some people might be thinking, uh, the question always comes up when we talk about the word of God getting around the entire globe and all oh, the poor poor tribes, there are poor, you know what, hold on, let me switch back over here. So you see my face, not that sure. people want to, but uh, you're stuck with me anyway. So that, that <laughs> question always comes up, right? There are, there are tribes, uh, remote tribes that don't have access. And I beg to differ. We live in a day and age where what Eric is saying right now applies to everybody around the globe. And the thought just came to my mind as Eric's talking um, I remember seeing a picture of uh, some tribe in Africa, people with cell phones for you guys to look, look, okay. There are people look this, this person, I mean, let me see if I can just scroll down. The dude has a Nokia cell phone in his ear. He's using it, you know, and it, uh, it's just gnarly, but you guys can tell, let me go back here. Cause there are some images um, if I could ever get back, uh, I don't know. See, this is this is the problem with. Oh, here we go. Let me well, close that. There uh, we go. Elon Look. Musk, for one, is talking about having universal Wi-Fi for everybody in the world done yeah. by satellite. I mean, here, look at these pictures. These, all of these, these folks, they all have cell phones. All of them, every single one of them. Look at this one right here. So. Talk about primitive. Okay, sure. Primitive and maybe their beliefs, primitive and maybe their practices. They're obviously pagan, you know. Um, but dude, they got a cell phone to their ear and they know how to use it. And besides so, that, somewhere they're getting charging. Yeah. Those those phones are being charged, yep. in other and, words, for electricity. And cell towers have to be built yep. somewhat close to those locations. So please don't think that the powers that be that are in Apple, that are in Google, Amazon, and even those higher, the Klaus Schwab's, yep. you know, yep. um, they are thinking, they're not just thinking, how can we get the poor old city folk, man? That's not how they function. No. It's everybody. <laughs> and what does that mean? There is this antichrist spirit that has enveloped the entire world. And again, how do we tie this in with Bible prophecy? Folks, the stage is set. Um, the technology is there. I like what Pastor J.D. Frog says. I know some might disagree with this. I have a tendency of agreeing with it. The technology, if we go 20, now I'm not date setting, so please don't email me or comment. I will delete them. Trust me. Um, but if we go out at the rate technology is exponentially growing, if we go out 20, 30 years, even maybe 10 the technology we see in, in the Bible, it surpasses that. It would surpass it. And so what I'm trying to get at, and I, don't, I would imagine Eric agrees, is the technology that is in place now, it's, the stage is set. The players are ready, and all we're waiting for is the curtain to get pulled back. And I believe, I believe that the curtain, when it gets pulled back, that's the rapture. Boom. Rapture is the curtain that gets pulled back. Now, I'm not going to put words buddy, in your No, man, I, I, I agree. Uh, we don't know the timing, the day yeah. or the hour, yep. but we can know the times. And if we, if we study the scripture, study the prophetic word, we're going to find answers for a lot of the questions we have about this. And though yeah. we won't know the day or the hour, 
uh, I think it'll it'll cause us, it will impel us to be evangelists. And yeah. if if this material, if there's any use of this material that I can recommend wholeheartedly, besides just to alert people, it, the use would be to use it evangelistically. Amen. This stuff, the rapture could not take place. The tribulation could not take place without the technology we see. And I'm going to wrap that up completely. I have more to say about that. And I'll do that at the uh, very end of our podcast. Series. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So listen, folks, we covered a lot. We're going to do another one. Um, I can't thank Eric enough for his time and for his wisdom, because it really is wisdom. You've got to apply knowledge and wisdom are two different things. Okay. Um, so it, I'm, I'm really thankful that Eric is, is giving us all of this information and we're putting it out there uh, so it doesn't just sit on a shelf like I have back right. here, but that we put it into practice, right? And like back there, because this stuff is going to happen. They're going to use this. This technology is being used. It's good, but unfortunately, it's gotten turned in for nefarious reasons. And as, as I prepared for each one of these from the first one, the second one, the third one, and I've already prepared some for the fourth podcast, um, I've tried to think and ask God to show me and direct me what I should show, because I've left a lot out. Yeah. Uh, there are whole topics that I have not talked about or mentioned anywhere in these three podcasts so far, and won't mention in the last one. There's more that I've got in the documentary because it it speaks to different areas. Yeah. And uh, to use wisdom on what we show in these podcasts, I think is important. And of course, to use wisdom as we read the scripture is the most vital and most important area. Amen. Amen. Okay. So listen, as a little teaser for part four, we're going to talk about some really, really cool things. One that hits close to home, because I think uh, shadow banning is something that a lot of you guys are probably wondering about. So we're people talk don't know what that is probably, no. but you need to, yeah. everybody needs to. So actually, instead of me telling them, why don't you kind of tell us what you're going to be talking about in part four, what we're going to okay. cover. Well, I think you have the list too. Yeah, I I'm do. just going to, I'm going to hold up my Go for it. Please list do. here in front of me. Um, the facts about shadow banning and, and what happens when uh, the, the tech companies decide they don't want a particular message to get out, how they do it. Uh, the driving force behind Google, you don't want to miss that. When you learn, when you learn what the people involved in Google from the founders up are into, you'll think twice about wanting to give them any information. Sure. I'll just leave it there. Uh, end times implications of technology in general. We've already been talking about some of that. I'll draw together some more there as we conclude. China and surveillance technology. Because uh, if you want to see, and I'll say this uh, in the next podcast, if you want a look at what the Antichrist system will look like, you just have to go to China. Yep. You just have to understand how China is using their surveillance technology and then the prophetic truth behind tech. And yeah. we'll look at scripture and I'll give you some rock solid, irrefutable evidence about technology in the end times that every Christian should be aware of. It's like the bottom line that if you if you've heard all we've said and yet, yet you're waiting for more scripture, I can give you a bunch. You know, Daniel chapter 12 would be a great place to start. And I won't even show that one next week yeah. or the next time that we, we record anyway. But there is prophetic truth about tech that you need to know. Yeah, there is a whole lot of stuff. And that's why we don't want to rush this because there's a lot that can be missed 
if we don't take our time. And, and even then I've left a lot yeah. out of the, that's in the documentary. Yep. The documentary is going to be at least four, four and a half hours long. Which is perfect. So with that segue, again, folks, I'm going to link below on the YouTube page, on the Rumble page, and on the Serpents and Doves page. I'm going to link it again. I highly encourage you guys to go. Hey, this is where I get to go. Hold on. Wait for it. Ha <laughs> ha, it's just me. Whoa. Okay, folks, this is where you guys get to go. You you play a role in this, but I highly recommend go to Eric's site, check out all his resources. But I would highly recommend ordering, pre-ordering the documentary because like Eric said, he is gonna um, give a lot more information that we just don't have the time to cover here. And you're gonna get some materials in there that you're not gonna get here. Um, booklets that you want to get your hands on, things that you're gonna be able to share with other people. So you're not in the dark. And if somebody else is in the dark, well, you can shed the light of Christ via the information that Eric is sharing with these documentaries. So Eric, um, before we go, again, these are heavy topics for the day, uh, but we have our hope in Christ. We have our hope that uh, this isn't the end for the believer, right? So why don't you take it away and tell us what that hope is and how they can get that hope? Well, our, our hope obviously is the risen Christ. I mean, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the, in my mind, the most monumental event in history because it's the, the demarcation line between death, eternal death and eternal life. And so, uh, it's, it's what he did for us as he paid the price for all of our sins, for whosoever whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life, as it says in John 3.16, the most famous verse in the New Testament. So I would hope that every person watching has already made that, that uh, step of, of confessing Jesus Christ as Lord and confessing that you're a sinner and needing a Savior. And if you haven't done that and you, you want to do that and you feel like in your heart the need to do that, don't put it off. Just simply go to him and say, Lord Jesus, I, I know I've sinned and I, I can't I can't do that myself. I can't pay for that myself. You would you would pay for it, my friend, with your life, but he's already given you a way out that he has paid the price for you, that whosoever believeth in him, just not say a few words, just not try down to the altar and say, I'm sorry, but actually confess you're a sinner and then begin to walk with him and live with him. Live each day as if it were your last, and you'll never regret. Amen. Uh, I, I'm planning as if I'm going to have a long life. My grandmother was 103 and 10 months when she passed away. I have good genes on both sides, uh, my dad and my mom. But I can tell you this much. I'm planning if as if the rapture would happen before I would say the next sentence. Yeah. My life has been cleansed. And not because I'm not I'm perfect in myself. This has nothing to do with me other than the fact that I recognize I can't do it myself. You see, it's, it's not about us. It's about him. So put your trust in him. Put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Repent of your sins. And that's all you have to do to become a Christian, to, to move from eternal death to eternal life. It's that simple. And that's way too simple for most people. People think how many, how many good things I got to do. I've got to do all this stuff and I've got to stay away from all that stuff. And I've, I've got to just be good enough. And you can never be good enough is what, what the truth really is. So put your trust in him today and don't wait, don't put it off and do it in your own words. And just simply say, father, in Jesus name, I confess I'm a sinner. The wages of sin is death. 
but the gift of God is life through you, the Lord Jesus Christ. I put my trust in you, Lord Jesus, and I'm going to follow and serve you every day of my life. If you say a prayer, something like that with your own words, watch what God will do. Now, Satan will love to take that from you. He would love to uh, beat you up later and tell you that it really didn't work. I've got news for you. God never turned away anybody who came in Jesus' name and honestly asked for forgiveness. And that is the most precious thing that we can tell you any on any podcast, anytime, anywhere. Amen. Amen. So folks, again, if you if you made a Sorry. no, 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 by all means, if, if you guys did pray, if somebody out there surrendered their life to Christ, let us know. Again, I have a booklet I'd love to send you guys um, and encourage you guys uh, because uh, things are ramping up around the world. For those paying attention, things are getting yeah. crazy. Yeah, they are. And uh, they're only going to get crazier. And so before we go, um, I want to make sure that I, uh, again, can't stress enough, go to Eric's website. Um, there's so much material. If you guys look right here to the left-hand side right now, these are all of his channels. Visit them, go draw from them. There's so much good material. And then right here, this is the bread and butter of the website, if you ask me. All of this material right here, it is insane. It is chalk full of amazing information. There's no reason for anybody not to know about all of these subjects. Eric has spent decades learning, and he's actually come out of the New Age movement, like you said, Eric, before it was called the New Age movement. And so uh, God has gifted Eric with a lot of insight, so I would highly encourage you guys to go and check this out. Sign up for his newsletter, and again, I'm going to link to the... Um, home invasion documentary down below and then last but not least if you guys want please visit the serpents and doves website for those of you faithful ones that made it all the way to the end top right hand <laughs> side donate shop that's all i'm gonna have to say about that but before we go eric is gonna love me for this and whoever made it to the end might too he loves my corny jokes and i couldn't get i couldn't let eric off the hook without a corny joke. So here we go. Are we ready? Are we ready for this? Why did the golfer, and it's a golf joke, why did the golfer bring two pairs of pants? Again, like last week, I can't venture an answer safely here. So in case he got a hole in one of them. Oh yeah, baby. There's the stream deck finally worked for it you. It worked. It worked. I don't have to edit that part in. Anyways, um, I know Eric's going to go to his golf friends. He's going to say this. They're all going to have a great chuckle. No, he's probably not going to anyway. I'm, I'm never going to repeat that. Don't worry. Okay, guys. So for everyone that, that made it to the end, hope you guys were encouraged. Hope you guys were blessed. I hope you guys were challenged because we did give a lot of information. Actually, Eric did. I challenge you in your walk with the Lord to draw near to the Lord. Um, I have my Bible over here. It's under the cover, the roadcaster thing. But get into the word of God and, and let the word of God get into you. So remember these things. We want to encourage you guys. We're going to do another one. Thanks for sticking by. Until the next one, God bless you guys.